You're listening to the Strong Towns Podcast. Everybody, this is Chuck Marone. Welcome back to the Strong Towns podcast. A few years ago, I wrote an article about the routine traffic stop and how we need to end it. It's not uh, helping our cities be safe. It's not helping our transportation system, and it's not a good way for us to go about policing our cities. I was recently contacted by a man named Michael Odiari. Michael is the founder and chief innovation officer with getcheckapp.com. He contacted me and said, I read your article and I think I have something that can help. I'm inviting him on the podcast. Mike Odiari, welcome to the Strong Towns Podcast. Thank you very much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here today. It's nice to chat with you. And I'm I'm glad we got a chance to chat earlier this week because I I feel like I understand a little bit better what you're working on. Can we start with, I think this is the way you started with me and I, this is the way you started on your website too, is with your own personal story. And I think maybe that is the the hook that will give this conversation some added credibility even and why this is a, a passion for you. Mm-hmm. Can you talk a little bit about your interaction with police and what kind of inspired you to want to think a little bit differently about this? Yeah. I always ask people, you know, have you ever had a stare at death? For me, this all happened back when I was 17. During a routine traffic stop, as a young black male, you know, I get the talk from my parents. But I never for one day thought that I would be the one staring down the barrel of an officer's weapon. You know, for nothing more than a missing front license plate. You know, we hear the stories of Sandra Bland. Londo Castile. And for me, I'm a lucky one. I have a voice. And that's why we, you know, we set out to create a disruptive technology app that puts back safety, trust, and accountability back into routine traffic stops. Doing the ride-alongs, we realized that, you know, a traffic stop is also one of the leading causes of, of death for police. So how do we bridge the gap and create a solution that's safer for both sides? And that's where check comes in play. Check uses video to assist during the traffic stop. I want to talk a little bit about those ride-alongs because I think that was one of the things that really, to me, gave me a lot of credibility in your story too, in that you know you did kind of the hard work of trying to understand not only from the perspective of the person who the gun is being pointed at, which I can't relate to, that has to be a a very freaky experience, but also the point of view of the person who feels vulnerable, you know, approaching that vehicle. Talk a little bit about the work that you did with the ride-alongs and what that experience was like and how that helped you kind of frame your approach to this this app and this software package. Before going and doing these ride-alongs, I had a struggle to come to my own with my own fears and anxiety, right? It wasn't easy. I've always been taught that, you know, we can allow a situation to make us either bitter or we can allow a situation to make us better. And when choosing better, it's uncomfortable, right? Growth is uncomfortable. You have to get outside your comfort zone. You have to push. And that's what innovation does is 
it pushes outside the boundaries, right? And, you know, going to those ride-alongs, one thing that I really wanted to see is to understand the process that an officer goes through, right? I wanted to understand their process from the initial interaction to the approach to the overall. And one thing that we got to see on that is there's no such thing as a routine traffic stop. Right. <laughs> yeah. No such thing on that end. It comes down to people and how people are conducting the traffic stop, how these officers are approaching. A lot of the times people ask, you know, we need better training. We need better training. And from doing these ride alongs, the questions that I ask is, okay, who's administering the training? Because if you dig deeper, the people who are administering the trainings are you know, older officers with the older ideologies, and then they're trying to pass them down to, you know, new officers in current day to day, and that doesn't work. So in order to really reform and change the way, you know, these interactions are done, there needs to be a level of accountability from a community standpoint. The community needs to be proactive in knowing which officers are coming to police their community. Right. That's very important to know what's happening, because in, in a lot of cases, officers from other jurisdictions who may have had a bad rapport with that PD could go to another PD in another jurisdiction into another community and be hired and having the same effects, bad effects in that community. It's just a cycle that starts over and over. I'm going to admit something. When I first came across the Get Check app. My gut reaction was, ah, this doesn't make any sense. <laughs> and, and, yeah. and in fact, it wasn't anything about your presentation, which was very, very good. You know, your website is fantastic. It's kind of my cynicism with, I think, technology and this process. But then I started chatting with you and you explained it in a way where I'm like, okay, I, I can see where you're starting and I can see where you're trying to get to. Mm-hmm. Would you like to start? explaining it with where you'd like to get to or where you're starting at? Because mm-hmm. I think those are two different places and they, they fit together in a really smart way. So where we currently are is phase one, providing motorists something of value where they could feel safer, have that ease of mind, and also hold law enforcement accountable. Where we're going is a contactless traffic stop. You know, our vision is check is the new era of virtual communication between the people and their government. Yes, we're starting in traffic stops, but we also see other areas within uh, government that technology could be a bridge to, like even resolving citations, people having to miss work to come, you know, resolve simple citation matters. It's like the government is double charging people twice which is not fair. These are, you know, seeing these families in the streets that's having to decide on, do I put food on the table or do I pay this traffic ticket? Do I miss work to come pay this traffic ticket? Right. Right. That's not the choices that we should be having in America. When we look at that, that traffic stop, what we're looking at is basically the citizens' interaction with the state. The traffic stop is like the last place we want that first interaction to be, right? It's a, it's, yes. a, it's a tense situation. It's uh, uptight. There's unknowns. 
but like, let's say someone's speeding or someone has a, a taillight out or a license plate missing. Certainly there's a law enforcement role here. I guess the way that I was looking at it is, you know, I've been meeting with my doctor remotely, you know, like I, I had a concussion last year and it's not something that he has to like put a stethoscope on my heart or anything. It's actually more of a, like, we talk about it. And so I've been meeting with him remotely and that actually did really well. Your initial kind of, I guess, phase one of this app is the idea that when that police officer pulls up, there's going to be an interaction. You're going to do do what at that point? If I've deployed your app, how, how is this going to, um, I think, kind of move us to what you've described as a more user-friendly, virtual, kind of contactless uh, interaction? So so what what is that phase one, the, the, the yeah. first traffic stop here now? So with phase one, what check does is with a click of a button, it does three things. It immediately starts video recording. It then sends off a SMS text to your emergency contact with a link for them to watch the live stream in real time. And then it pulls up your digital ID so you don't have to reach for anything. All within a click of a button, right? right? As we continue to you know, move to the next phase of a true contactless approach, we envision where the officer doesn't even need to step out of the vehicle to obtain you know, your driver's license or your insurance information, where you're talking about a broken taillight, where the officer could have that conversation through the check video chat and be able to know who they just pulled over have the resource information while keeping both the officer and the motorist safe in both of their vehicles to have an efficient and a smoother traffic stop. You know, with 90% of people, the first time that they encounter uh, police is during a traffic stop. And during a traffic stop is not the place where, you know, we want to start doing community engagement on the highway. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Right. Absolutely not. It's high stakes for everyone. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And within, you know, a split second, things can change. Mm-hmm. So it's how do we go in, administer the stop, handle what we need to handle and let both people go about their ways to their family. So right now I can get the get check app. And if I find myself in a traffic stop, I hit the app button and now my my emergency contacts have been notified. I am personally recording this interaction, which I, I think we all agree is, is a helpful step and one that technology makes very easy. And, and then I've got my digital ID right there. Mm-hmm. So there's going to be no reaching in my back pocket or fumbling in the seats or opening up the glove compartment. Yes. It, it seems to me like these are very pragmatic steps. Is it, did this come out of the ride-alongs? I mean, is that, is that kind of how you identified this as being the phase one, the first step? Yeah, it's really coming out of the people, the community. Um, what we always say is, you know, we may have had the idea, but the people in the community built it. We went out and sought after their feedback. They gave us the things that they want to see, the, the, the things that they believe will make them safer, will give them that peace of mind, that will allow for a, uh, a standard of accountability. When we think about traffic stops, one thing that we we saw during our ride-alongs is when you go to a different jurisdiction, how they conduct traffic stops are different. 
traffic stops are different everywhere across the states. Why isn't there an F? We check wants to become or create the uh, FDIC of how a a traffic stop should occur, sure. step by step. What? Yeah. Sure. If we think about this, and I think your website does a really good job of of laying this out too, the idea that ultimately these would be, I mean, you and I are chatting on Zoom right now. You're in Texas, that's right? Yes, sir. Yeah, and I'm in Minnesota. So we're, you know, we're north and south of this country. You and I can talk very easily and very comfortably like this. It does seem to be like a police officer and a person in a vehicle would be able to have this kind of communication as well and have everybody feel safe and also get to the kind of root cause of, of whatever that, that interaction is. Is this something that was not possible five years ago, but now like technology is made possible or like what kind of prompted you to say, Hey, I, I can work up to this step or we can create this kind of interface that would, you know, make these interactions much lower risk, let's say. Yeah. Um, years back to have a streamlined way of how we do it, it was not possible years back, especially with, you know, the video capability, making sure it's, you know, compatible with all phones, all devices, really honing in on, on the process, honing in on not just only the process for the motorists, but also owning in on the process for law enforcement Mm -hmm. and, Okay, where is you always got to find that that first step? Where is that first step that provides value? That provides value for both sides. What we say is changing the course of history and how traffic stops are done. If you look into history of how traffic stops were created, and then you see the statistics on you know disproportional rates of African Americans being pulled over or a lot of those fatalities happening during a traffic stop, you know, we have to, as a society, ask ourselves the question, why is this still happening? Why is this still happening in America today? And why isn't anyone trying to find a solution for this? Right. There's two things going on simultaneously. And I feel like your app kind of gets at this conundrum. The one part of it and I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and say, and, and you can push back on this, but I feel like the one part of it that is very like legitimate is we have public safety issues with people driving. If they're going too fast, if they have a tail light out, you know, th- there are things that you know we we actually need to deal with with people driving. There's another aspect of this, and and I, I welcome you to talk about either of these, where traffic stops, and this is what I was trying to get at in my article, traffic stops become kind of the pretext for, I'm going to say this pejoratively, like a fishing expedition, like a, it's a pretext for, and in the police business, they call it an investigatory stop. If I can find a guy with a taillight out, I can pull him over and then I can interrogate this person, dig deeper, you know, look in their back seat and do whatever I can. It feels like those are two very different functions of policing. I wonder if you have a thought on that. And to, to kind of add to it, I feel like your app delineates those and says, let's really empower the legitimate function of a traffic policeman who's dealing with like issues of traffic enforcement. Am I reading too much into this or am I getting to the core of it? Or or how would you react to to that delineation of? I I think you're hitting it right on the, on the head. That's where we even see in, in, in our ride alongs. 
you would have officers that go in for a broken taillight and instead of going through, okay, here's the reason I pulled you over, here's it, you know, you could be about your way. It's I'm sitting here watching, please step out of the vehicle. Uh, we would like to search the vehicle. And you're hearing the other person. I'm just coming back from work. I just want to go home. What is wrong? What's going on? And that's why I say it's, I can't just put it on all officers because it's, it's also goes with the, where's that training coming from and the person. You have officers that are going in there headhunting for something. They want to find something. And what check does is saying, hey, you know what? Traffic stops. You're pulling me over for this traffic offense. So go ahead and let's conduct this specific traffic stop and let's get on about our way. Let's move on. Right. Right. You're going to have officers who are going to come in and say, well, we want to see inside of the vehicle. We want to make sure no one's getting kidnapped. There's no drugs in the car. That's a legitimate excuse. But then you look at the statistics of that, and that's way less than uh, 3%. And then you look back into the history on, you know, how traffic stops started. When, when they were making Model Ts, right. while police officers didn't have vehicles. <laughs> right. Running whiskey. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. When, when African-Americans were given the ability to drive, now we wanted to start doing traffic stops. Now we want to start doing more searches in the vehicles when African-Americans are stopped. It's how traffic stops came about. Right. When Blacks were given the ability to drive. So if you're really trying to just conduct the traffic stop, conduct the traffic stop of the offense, and let's go on about our way, right? right? But if you're sitting here trying to, you're, well, we're looking for this, we're looking for this. That's where people then get frustrated and like, hey, I'm on the side of the road. I have other things I need to do. Let me go. I'm trying to, right? And in a split second, things can escalate. This is what I was trying to get at in, in my article too, which is like, we've created a transportation system where if you follow someone long enough, they will break a rule, right? And, and that's not to say those rules aren't legitimate, but we do have a system where you can kind of pick and choose who you want to enforce the rules on. And oftentimes it has nothing to do with traffic safety and has a lot to do with what we hope to find or uncover in an investigative stop. And, and I feel like your app, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like your app gets us back focused on traffic safety again. There's a legitimate traffic safety thing. Let's focus on that. And if we actually focus on that, what we'll find is that traffic safety violations are not racially profiled. I mean, you can go to whatever neighborhood and people are having traffic safety issues. I see expired plates in wealthy neighborhoods. I see people roll through, you know, stop signs in wealthy yeah. neighborhoods. It's not just poor people who have those kind of things. I mean, Philando Castile was pulled over, what, like 42 times before his, his final time. And most of those were for things that happened to everybody, right? Yeah. Yeah. And you know why you lost a life over a small mistake, right? Is that worth a life? Right. We don't think so. Right. We don't think so. And even for officers that are, you know, for, for even law enforcement, for us, it's, it's about people. 
we had to dig deep it's it, and and extract the the root it's 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 people right we believe that society would becoming desensitized to kill we we put on the news and someone else is dead and for a lot of african american males you know that when we talk it's it's scary to be a black man in america and it's also scary to have a voice to say hey we need to do something about this and it's not about this side or that side it's about hey life is being lost how do we save a life yeah because that's the importance families are losing loved ones at that moment of my traffic stop of my encounter i could have been another hashtag you you could have had a family who to who could have lost a son family who would have lost a brother over what a missing front license plate right right so in phase one of your rollout, I can do this on my own. I don't, I don't have to have the police officer or the, the law enforcement agency in my community. These are reasonable steps I can take on myself to lower the stakes of this traffic stop. But phase two does require law enforcement participation because they're going to have to jump on this app too, and they're going to have to be able to chat with you. What's been the reception that you've received from from law enforcement agencies. How interested in this are they? And, and what do you see the uptake here in the long term? Yeah, so we had the pleasure of going to police departments and talking to them. We would ask them this one question, what's the most dangerous part of your job? They're gonna say, the traffic stop. Right. And then we ask why? Well, I don't know who I'm about to approach. I'm on the side of the road. I'm having to conduct research and do an investigation all within a, a specific amount of time. There's a lot happening. More like, okay, so what if there's a way for you to be able to obtain the information of a, of a motorist before even having to approach their vehicle? Oh yeah, that would be awesome. So I could conduct the traffic stop without having to get out, especially in bad weather or, or in a bad location. We're like, yes, you see those officers, they get it. They see that, oh yeah, this is where the world is moving. This is, you know, a traffic stop. I just want to come in, tell you what the offense is, give you your uh, citation and keep it moving. Whereas you have older officers that have come in and they would tell us, well, this has been the process we've been doing for 30 plus years. You know, for them, they can't fathom not going through the process that they've done so long. But then you see that new and upcoming generation of law enforcement that see, oh, using technology will help me be effective at my job, will help me become better at my job. There's a lot of technology hurdles that, you know, first responders or even law enforcement, they currently don't have. Like, you know, one thing that I even want to like chuck mention is like maps yeah (laughs) yeah. maps that they have it's just the interface is just wow right but you know back on that it's it's we're on both sides you have the older officers that you know this is what they've done this is how they've always done things that's going to be hard for them to wrap their minds around it and then you have the uh, younger generation of officers that see 
this is, you know, why don't we already have this? <laughs> right. Why is this already out here? We would love to be a part of this. We have video footages of law of just going out into the street and just having conversations, authentic conversations with police officers on the street and just getting their views and their takes on, you know, what can an app like Check, you know, do for them? How can it help them? And, you know, through this process, I give credit to law enforcement. They've been the ones that been, uh, even the older officers, they've been the ones trying out and giving us feedback on, on the contactless, on what they would love to see, on how they would like to see that approach. So as we're giving motorists um, um, phase one, we're right there in phase two for a, uh, uh, a rapid launch. But it's also going to come down from what we hear from police. It's also going to come down to the people in the communities. Right. And that's where our focus is, is if the people want to change, the people have to make that change. And yeah. how do they make that change is, you know, by getting check and, you know, putting this problem in check and letting their their local government officials know that we're putting this problem in check. Here's our expectation. Right. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That makes a lot of sense. If I'm living in a neighborhood, if I'm living in a, in a community of people, it's not enough for me to just download the app. I, I really need my, my neighbors, my friends, my colleagues, people in the community. Yes. And, and we also collectively as a group need to communicate this to the local officials, to the police department that, hey, this is the option we want mm -hmm. in these interactions. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Because once they see that, and they see that their this is what their community wants, mm -hmm. they will fall behind their community. And one thing that you know we have to let the people know is we have a voice. If we come together and unite, we have a voice. You know, Without the people, there's no government. If right. we, the people, say this is the change that we want and we demand that change, that change will be given to us. Mm -hmm. So as you just mentioned, you know, sharing it with your friends, sharing it with your family, um, letting people know, making it aware. This is not just an app for us. This is a movement. This is a movement of turning around change that's been happening for years about. And we're now in 2021 and we're saying we're done. We're done talking about it. It's time for us to put this problem in check. Here's a solution and we're gonna keep moving forward and being proactive so lives will stop being lost. Yeah, it does feel like there's a lot aligned right now in making something like this happen. Let me, and, and I don't want to confuse the issue too much, but you brought it up and I think it's, I think it's a great vision. This idea of, and I'm going to call it phase three, that might not be how you call it, but the idea that someday we could get to a point where not only can we interact with police this way, but we could, I think of myself having a parking ticket that I needed to pay and I had to go in and actually talk to a judge because I, it had gone too long. And so there was like a, I don't know if there's a warrant out for me or something, but it was something where I couldn't just pay it. Like I had to go talk to somebody. These are interactions that I have to take time off of work. I have to go down there to the place. I've got to stand in line. I've got to, it's annoying and it's an inconvenience for me. I'm a professional. I run my own shop. I can kind of flex my schedule around a little bit. If I'm working for a wage, if I'm working for someone else, if I've got a set schedule, these things become really inconvenient really, really quickly. I feel there's like a compounding that happens then. 
you set it up earlier. Am I going to get in trouble at work? Am I going to, you know, get in more trouble with law enforcement because I'm not attentive to it? It creates this difficult situation. What What's the vision for dealing with that? Then? I mean, at some point you would like to see a lot of these things happen in this same, this same kind of manner, right? Yes. Yes. When we would, when we call courts, they are telling us now that their processes have changed. They're trying to work around a new process. And, you know, we you all because of, because of the pandemic, that kind of thing, because, because of the pandemic. Yeah. And yeah. also th- and then moving forward now, you know, their processes can't go back to how it was. Things have changed, but with check having, being able to resolve your citation without having to go into court, without having to miss work. So let me put it like this. Here's the cycle of what happens when someone, you know, has to miss work or doesn't pay their, their citation, right? They don't pay their citation. And, and you know, this is where we learn that set why 70% of people come into the court to pay their citation. Because the online option only allows them to plead guilty. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Yeah. And it's like, well, why do they only allow them to plead guilty? Why is 70% of people coming into court? Oh, because they don't want points on their on their record. I remember once looking at something going, this is total BS, but it's either like I pay this fine or I got to go through this whole rigmarole and I wound yes. up paying the fine just to not have to go in and, you know, spend that time. So yeah, keep, yeah. keep going. That's yeah. <laughs> so imagine this. So it goes on their it goes on their driving record. So they don't want that. But the biggest one is it increases your insurance premium. So not only are you now having to pay off this ticket, you'll be paying off that ticket for years down the line now. Right. Right. And if you have enough points on your record, your driver's license gets suspended. If you get your driver's license gets suspended, you, you don't have means to go to work. You don't can't go to work, can't make money. And then what happens? Poverty. That's been the cycle that's been affecting states like California, right? And where these cycles are going. We're just saying, we went and talked to a judge, like, why can't these things be more efficient, right? Someone messed up. Why do I have to miss a whole entire day of work in order to come resolve this? I messed up. Let me have a, an efficient way and a streamlined way to resolve this, to handle this. So the city, you could get your money. I could get my time. I could still work. I could still make some money. I could still provide for my family. And I could still take care of these, take care of this ticket. People yeah. want to resolve it. We have to give people a way to do so. It seems more respectful at the very least, right? More responsive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If people are trying to do something about it, why are we trying to? And, and, and I'm sorry, I hated this response from a judge and I would never forget it. And I'm like, why do people have to go through all these hoops in order to resolve a citation for a simple mistake? And he's like, so they don't do it again. And he's like, if the system's not broken, we don't fix it. And it's not broken. And I'm like, the system is flawed. Yeah. The system's broken. So they don't do it again. There's people in here who've, <laughs> we're back again. Right. 
Yeah, that theory doesn't seem to hold up, does it? No. Yeah, the, the idea that we make the bureaucracy as thick and painful as possible to yeah. kind of add to the misery of having to pay a fine and, and go through this, it, on its face, seems very unfair and, and not like a smart strategy. And then when you also recognize that someone who is going to lose their job for missing work, the cost is much higher than someone who can move their schedule around, right? Yeah. You know, so yeah. it does have a disproportionate effect on people who are kind of in the, in the, in the most vulnerable position, I guess I would say. No, it, it does. And I, I, I apologize because I get, you know, I get emotional about this because I've had opportunities in traffic courts to talk to people who had to drive an hour away to come to that court because they needed to resolve this mm -hmm. and they didn't know if their vehicle was going to be taken away. I've had a wife that had to come in for her husband because her husband couldn't miss work. So she's trying to resolve this ticket for her husband. Wow. They're telling her, no, she can't do that, that her husband has to come in. And she's like, he's at work. He can't miss work to come here and do this. Like, is there another way? And they're like, no. And I had these people on camera sharing with me on if check was uh, available for them, how they could, you know, the ease of, you know, using a system in a, that could streamline this process so they don't have to be here having this other pressure to worry about. For me, it takes a toll. It goes, it goes deeper. That's why for me, it's not, we're not building technology. This is a movement. These are people's lives that, you know, people's lives, people's families that are being affected. And let's, and let's put it like this. Traffic stops and traffic tickets are the way cities make money. That's their moneymaker. For lots of them, it, it certainly is. Yeah. So it's in the context of that, it's like, well, city, if you want your money, make it easier for people to be able to resolve this, to be able to give you your money, right? And then let's have that easy transaction. Let's be about our way. But we don't have to keep double charging citizens to uh, and affecting their lives and their families over a simple violation. You make a very good point because I, I hear how we get all uptight and bent out of shape over compounding late fees on credit card accounts and checking accounts and things like that. And we want to crack down on the banks and everything. And, and it has struck me as odd that these fees, as onerous as they are, tend to pale in comparison to be late paying your fine or be late, you know, or miss that date when you're supposed to show up. And those fees compound ridiculously fast, right? Yeah. Yeah. So you just mentioned something small that a large portion of our users said that they also would love to see a check. And it's just that notification, letting them know the yeah. date of their ticket, right? Giving them that tracking process. So again, that's why we love talking to the people who, who see check as the new era of virtual communication, because for us, it's the people. Yeah. Mike, if people want to learn more, if they want to get in touch with you, you're very responsive. If people want to get in touch with you, if they want to learn more, if they want to get check for themselves and, and their neighbors, what would be the best way to go about doing that? They could visit our website, go to www.getcheckapp.com and click get check, go through the registration, you'll have check. 
at an emergency contact that will send it to your friends and family and, you know, visit our social media, sign up for our newsletters, stay up to date on what's happening, you know, but really join the movement. This is an action. We're changing the way of how the people interact with their government. This is the new era of virtual communication. Michael, you've got me excited. Thank you for reaching out to me and making me aware of this. And, and thank you for taking the time to share with us. It's, uh, it's great to chat with you. I'm very inspired and I hope we keep in touch. No, likewise. Thank you very much for having me. It was a pleasure to share this with you, your audience, your listeners. Can't say thank you enough. Very humbled. Perfect. Me too. If you got any announcements or anything, I'm going to sign up for your email list and stuff and I'll keep in touch. If there's anything that you think uh, I should know, feel free to reach out and let me know. I would love to uh, continue to keep our audience updated. So, Yes. Well, I'm letting our, uh, your audience know that we have our beta out. So y'all can go check that out. Go to uh, visit getcheckout.com and see the new updates of, of what we have uh, in the app. Excellent. And you are, where in Texas are you? I'm in Dallas. Okay. So today's opening day of baseball. Are you a Rangers fan or <laughs> don't care about baseball? Or? I'm always going to support the home team. Okay. Don't um, say you're an Astros fan. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's Houston. We're, okay. we're that's Houston. That's we're good. You just leave them in Houston. Okay. We're, we're always going to support the home team. Always go Rangers. So you guys haven't, you haven't even been able to go to the new ballpark yet either. Have you? No, no they, didn't they have a new ballpark open last season in Texas? In our because I, I went to the old park in Arlington and I thought they had a new one coming out this year and, and people couldn't go to it because obviously they weren't letting people in the park. But yeah. yeah, I did not go to it last year. All right, well, I have a little bit of excitement today because the the, it's opening day and I love my Minnesota twins. In fact, as we've been chatting here, I've been drinking out of my twins glass. So, <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> so good luck I to the Rangers it. and uh, good luck to the twins and good luck to you. Uh, you've been listening to Michael Oriari. Uh, he is with getcheckapp.com. Mike, thanks for being on the podcast. Thank you very much for having me. We'll talk again soon. Take care. All right. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Taking risk is a necessity to becoming rich. It's also a necessity to go bankrupt. Bill, 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 Bill. That's a story. They know that America's one big pothole right now. Just to echo what you said, there are no silver bullet solutions. Chuck Marone, this has been fascinating. The window is not always open, but if nobody's pushing, then once the window opens, there'll be no chance to go through. I like you. I like your vision of the, of the world. The United Nations Earth Summit, Agenda 21. Yeah.